Boom. All right, ladies and gentlemen, today we're going to be unlocking efficiencies through innovative ERP solutions. What is that? I don't know. Let's find out. Let's get this one going. Here we go. Shut up and sit down. Look, a business can give you everything you want in life. Prestige, wealth, freedom. It can also take everything away from you. This show is for those who are willing to take that risk. These are the real life stories of entrepreneurs. But before we start, I have one small favor to ask. Please leave a comment. It could be advice, critiques, tips, feedback, or share this with someone because your engagement is the most valuable and most powerful form of social currency. So thank you, and welcome to another episode of Business Bros. Get ready, Business Bros, for an insightful episode that delves into the world of ERP solutions and their transformative impact on businesses. Join us as we sit down with our expert who's been at the forefront of public accounting, technology consulting, and ERP implementation. This journey, marked by a passion for automation, integration, and user experience enhancement, has led to an established company in 2021. In today's conversation, we're going to explore ERP solutions, especially Microsoft Dynamics 365, and how it can revolutionize your business operations with a background in fintech and a keen focus on user-friendly tools, our guest shares experiences and expertise in optimizing efficiency within ERP systems. So throughout this company, uh, through, this, through the company, productivity-enhancing tools are introduced and empowered and thrived in a streamlined manner. So let's welcome to the show the one and only Mr. Ben Cole. <laughs> And welcome to the program, man. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me. All right, man. I'm excited to learn about this stuff. Uh, I'll be 100% honest with you. Uh, we got a nice little intro rolling, but I need you to explain ERP as simply as you possibly can. So I got 17-year-old students in here. They've probably never heard anything that has to do with accounting other than let me check my online banking. So if you can explain it as easily as possible, what is it that you do for companies? What are you selling today? Yeah, absolutely. I think the easiest way to understand ERP is essentially a technology that tracks every dollar that comes in your business and every dollar that goes out of your business, right? So customers are going to be paying you. You're getting their money into the bank account, right? You want as much of that as possible. And then you've got a bunch of vendors that you've got to pay for whatever service they're providing, right? You've got computers you're buying. You've got software you're buying. You might, might have inventory you're buying if you're um, like a warehouse or a distributor, something like that, right? So it's tracking all that money coming in from your customers and it's tracking all the money that's going out to pay employees, buy inventory, um, expenses that you need to run your day-to-day -day operation. And at the end of the day, we're trying to simply click a button and run a report that says, hey, this is how your business is doing, right? Um, that's all going to come down into your financial reporting. We won't get too into the weeds uh, of that today, but am I making money? Am I losing money? How much money do I have? How much money uh, are we bringing in and what kind of expenses uh, are we tracking and recording? So that's the easiest way I like to think of it. Um, you know, if you're running a lemonade stand, let's say you're selling cups of lemonade for a buck, you're buying it, the supplies for 50 cents, you're seeing that your profit's 50 cents. You could, you could dumb it down to the most simple business model possible. But again, are we making money or are we losing money? That's what ultimately we're going to get down to here. Most entrepreneurs get into business because they have this dream, something that they want to achieve, whether it's helping their fellow man or getting their own financial freedom and success. 
The problem is when you talk to a lot of entrepreneurs, they don't really know the numbers of their own business. You see it over and over on Shark Tank episodes. I've heard it over and over again on on our podcast, uh, especially when I talk to people like fractional CFOs, um, uh, other people who are the CFOs of their existing companies, or just entrepreneurs that are getting started. They got into this business because of whatever skill set they have. And then all of a sudden, they got to put on the hat of being an accountant. They got to put on the hat of filing their tax returns. They got to put on their marketing hat. Like they're wearing all these hats and they're not doing a great job at those things because they didn't go into business for that. Uh, so let me ask you, what's What's the difference between using an accountant or like putting my stuff in QuickBooks? How does ERP differentiate itself from that sort of stuff? So I would say um, QuickBooks is kind of like the starting point that most people use. I, would, I wouldn't consider it necessarily an ERP solution, um, but it is kind of like the starting point that most people get into. My tagline I've been using on some other podcasts lately has been kind of skip the QuickBooks phase because um, you can get on some tools like Microsoft Dynamics 365, um, Business Central specifically, which is like QuickBooks on steroids. And it's a like um, small and medium business, best in class ERP solution, right? So if, if people are familiar with QuickBooks, that's um, a good baseline to have when thinking of expenses and revenues and assets and all of that kind of stuff, right? And at the end of the day, um, as long as you're tracking it, right, for a small business, you could track it very efficiently in QuickBooks and you might be all right. The problems are going to occur when you try to scale, right? When you try to get past that $1 million in revenue point and up into that maybe five or 10, right? In some people's businesses, their goal is just to make a million bucks a year and pay their employees and, and be happy. Others want to scale, right? So it all depends on kind of where you're trying to get or where you're trying to go. Um, but yes, as long as you're using something to track, um, that's not pen and paper and Excel spreadsheets, you're at least headed in the right direction, right? And all we're trying to do is optimize those things so that you don't have to hire people to enter expenses and, and collect revenue, right? Our system is hopefully doing that for us so that you can sell, like wear less hats, right? You don't have to be the accountant and the financial analyst. You can just go sell your product or build your product or whatever you're really good at and let all the backend kind of stuff take care of itself. Because it honestly, it doesn't add a ton of value for making money, right? It's a necessary evil to track the money that you're spending or that you're bringing in. Um, so that's always the tough sell when trying to sell somebody a new system. It's like, well, the system isn't going to make me money, but it could save you a lot of money, right? Yeah, and, and it's, a, it's a tough sell uh, when you're implementing systems like these. Part of it is because like you come from a fintech background. So like technology is kind of second nature to you. But for a lot of these people, they're they're afraid to click on anything because they're going to break it somehow, some way. And they're paying for something. They don't want to wreck the new vehicle um, that they're using. So they're kind of afraid and have this fear of this new implement new uh, pro process that you're implementing into their into their company. Uh, what would you say to somebody who isn't tech savvy and wants to focus their business on uh, their, their attention on their business, but also understands that this is necessarily a need? How do you get them over that that tech fear? Yeah, I think there's two approaches, right? If they want to get into it and they want to be in the weeds, then um, it comes down to training and repetitions, right? You're not going get, to get good at anything unless you do it over and over and over and over again, right? No matter what it is, if you're trying to play an instrument, pick up a new sport, um, get your mile time down, right? If you don't do it every single day, you're not going to get better at it. And it's always scary when you jump in first. So I always recommend kind of breaking it up into little pieces, right? If you get 1% better every day, 
it compounds on each other. Just like if you invest a thousand dollars in the stock market, right? If you invest 1% or 1% of your time every day in learning some new button clicks or learning how to do an expense or something like that over 365 days in a year, you'll learn 365 new things, right? So I think just breaking it up into bite-sized pieces is the easiest way to do it. The opposite way to do it is to outsource it, right? So I've got plenty of uh, partner companies that I work with that they'll do your bookkeeping for you. So if you don't like technology, but you still want to be in it a little, we can give you access to just the dashboards and just the reports, and we can be clicking the buttons behind the scenes for you, right? Or people on our team can do that. So all depends on what you're looking to do. I always like being in the numbers just because it's it's your day-to-day -day life, right? It's your business. Somebody outsourcing it. Um, if, you're, if you are outsourcing, I always recommend outsourcing some of it and doing some things internally just because then um, you get the best of both worlds, right? If you completely outsource, you lose visibility into your day-to-day. -day, and if you completely keep it in-house, you, uh, you might lose efficiencies as to things you can pay maybe somebody at a lower hourly rate. Because, um, you know, if you're a business owner, your, your time is probably worth two, $300 an hour. So you don't want to be doing a $10 an hour task. I, I know that for sure. Um, so I think it's a good mix depending on what you're looking for. But, you know, repetitions always help. Yeah, you definitely learn that like in, a, in accounting 101, which is uh, checks and balances. You want to make sure that yeah. everything is being double checked, that everything kind of balances out, that not one hand has every control in the cookie jar and there's somebody else double checking that stuff. It's definitely it's definitely a system that you need to implement. And I like that idea. Some of it outsource, some of it in-house. You kind of get an idea of what's going on and what each each aspect is doing, keeping your head kind of on a swivel there. Uh, let me ask you about Microsoft Dynamics 365 because I don't really know what that is, but it's a significant part of your in uh, your expertise. So how does that platform kind of stand out in terms of it, what it's offering and how do you leverage that to drive client success? Yeah, so it, the, the biggest thing I like about it is the fully integrated kind of solution, right? Most people are familiar with Outlook and Excel, um, and maybe they're familiar with some like CRM or, or ERP tools, but most likely not, right? The, the, the beauty of Dynamics 365 is that it's kind of an umbrella of a ton of different products. So now you can get your email integrated to your Business Central, your Business Central integrated to your Excel, your Excel integrated back to uh, a power platform that does workflow automation, right? So it's all these different tools where really you could run your entire business from sales to IT to accounting to finance, right? Marketing even all through that Dynamics 365 stack and all those tools. So you don't need to go to five different places to get five different tools that don't talk to each other, right? So getting mm. that integrated data, you know, if you're um, like a, an online re uh, online seller, right? Like think of Amazon, right? You need to know exactly how, how many items are in your inventory in your warehouse. If I wanna buy a new headset or a new pair of headphones and I click the button and you don't have any in your warehouse, I'm not gonna get it in a day, right? <laughs> Amazon says I can get it in a day. I'm not getting it in a day if it's not in your warehouse. So now your warehouse and your inventory is talking to your actual e-commerce platform. That's talking to your financial software when somebody actually buys it to say, hey, we just got a hundred bucks in the door from selling this product, all that kind of stuff. So the fully integrated suite is is the big thing. And I think that's a lot of a lot of times what people miss when they just start their business and they go on QuickBooks. They got QuickBooks and they've got some other system doing CRM and they got some other system doing warehouse management. So then all of a sudden when they come to me and say, hey, Ben, we want to get on Dynamics 365, they get sticker shot because it's like, OK, it's maybe two, three hundred thousand dollars. Right. Some they're big money projects. Um, so, it, you know, it, it can be sticker shock. But it's if you want to get up, then you have to spend the money to get there. That's why I say skip that phase, because then you don't ever have to implement. You can scale up as you go 
with the right tools from day one. Yeah, and uh, it reminds me of that whole battle of uh, having a PC or having an Android and the way Apple was kind of played out, right? Because yeah. like I started off, I loved my Android. I, I used it all the time. The problem was I couldn't really talk to my PC with it. I had, you know, there was certain apps that maybe worked that didn't work. Um, but ultimately, when I got my Mac, mainly because we were doing the show, and then I, I was kind of like, People were telling me, oh, you have a Mac? That's cool. You should get an iPhone because they can talk to each other. You can copy and paste. You can do like this sort of stuff. And I was like, really? Once I did one, I was like, oh, man, that's it. Now you have a whole system in place and I'm not going anywhere. Now you really got me hooked into this thing. And and it just makes sense if you're going to start into business, especially because a lot of people don't. I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but a lot of people don't really use their CRM correctly. A lot of people don't really use their database or build a database. And the database that they do have kind of lives in their invoicing platform, but they don't really utilize that information to make a business decision, whether it's on marketing or whether it's ordering inventory or what promos and, and offers they're going to be able to, to, to do. And I think that's kind of what you're saying ERP kind of gives that business owner the capability of doing, not just understanding who got your money in and where is it going, but what kind of real life decision and immediate decision you can make to provide real revenue coming in. It's not really the system that's making you the money, but it's providing you with the decisions to really make money. Exactly. Yeah. And I think, you know, with technology ever evolving as well, who knows, they might, technology might make those decisions in the future, right? With AI and things like that. So right now, I think you're exactly correct. It gives you all of the information you need to make your decisions. But again, if you don't even have that basic information with like a one-stop shop type tool, um, it's tough to make decisions, right? Because uh, one of the things you'll, you know, you learn in accounting 101 is that revenue doesn't always mean cash, right? I might record the revenue right now, but the, my client might not pay me for two, three months, depends on their payment terms, right? So people might be looking at their business and going, wow, we got a ton of revenue, we're killing it. We're gonna go invest all this money, but that's not what you're looking at when you're investing. You, you need to be looking at cash flow, right? Which are two completely different things, uh, depending on what business you're in. If you're like a e-commerce, they're probably paying you at that time, but anything where you have customers on terms, you're not getting that money the day you're recognizing that revenue. So all all some, you know, some nuanced things that we can get into, but I know you've got a, a live audience as well. So just from a, a recommendation standpoint, if anybody's interested in technology, finance and accounting, right, and they don't know exactly what they want to do, um, I would highly recommend studying kind of all of those topics. And that is, that's the background you need for being a, an ERP consultant, typically, right? They're looking for people who have a finance and accounting background and IT. They'll, they'll sometimes look at people who have just IT that need to learn the accounting or just accounting that need to learn the IT. But if, if you come with the full package already, um, it makes you much more marketable, right? And there's definitely, in my opinion, a shortage of good people um, in the industry. It's not a shortage of people, right? There's plenty of people who, who can fake it until they make it. But the truly the people who are truly good, who can get top dollar for what they're doing, um, it's it's tough to hire the best people um, just because there's a lot of a lot of demand right now. So, and I, I don't think that demand will go down anytime soon. No, at the end of the day, the sales and tracking your revenue is one of the most important features in a business. I mean, aside from customer acquisition, once you start learning how to acquire the customer, then managing the cash flow is going to be second the, the second part of that. I mean, you look at retail companies today, even even some of the online retailers. 
their cash flow fluctuates from season to season. It might be, you know, that last holiday season, the last fourth quarter of the year where they're generating all their revenue to sustain them for the entire year. If you're not understanding how that works or tracking that, you're going to have an issue going forward if you're for your business to be sustainable over the long haul. So yeah, it definitely makes makes a big difference. Um, who who are you going after? Like, who's the target audience for this? Because earlier you mentioned that you know a company that switches over can be very expensive to make a huge switch like that. But you also mentioned that if you start from the beginning from scratch, that's the way that's the way to scale. So who are you? Who's your target audience here today? Honestly, anybody who's on board to get uh, more efficient with their kind of like finance and accounting. So again, if if you start a new business, like let's talk because that's the that's the perfect day to do it. And if you're running QuickBooks or running something else, running zero, anything like that, and you're ready to take it to the next level, um, those are kind of the people that I'm looking to talk to. And then we also create our own apps that sit on top of Business Central. So honestly, my target market is I want to talk to First, everyone who's already using Business Central, because I think they're good candidates for using um, our apps. And then now what we're doing is most of our partner firms are actually doing the implementation work that I talked about. So my ideal market is I want to talk to every single user in the world that's using Business Central because I want them to take a look at the products we have to make it even more efficient than it is than out of box, right? Like it's kind of like buying a car, right? You can buy your base car, but there's always things you can add on, right? You can add on your roof rack, you can add on new rims, you can add the floor runners, all that kind of stuff. Those are the types of things we add, right? What about uh, like trial offers? For example, I know I'm, I'm running a, uh, a webinar this Thursday and I'm literally teaching people how to use a program like Go High Level, a CRM program to implement it into their into their content strategy and essentially automate a lot of their business, uh, business promos and offers. Um, and we do give away like a free trial. Is there anything that you're giving away or incentivizing people so that they come and give, uh, give you guys a, a, a try? Me? I'm giving away free money. Yeah, absolutely. So from Microsoft, you can download the base product and get a trial of Business Central if that's something you're interested in. And I'd also be happy to talk to anybody who's kind of downloading it for the first time just to make sure you're headed in the right direction. And then all of the products that we sell, um, we'd be happy to do a 30-day free trial on any of our, we call it, we call it the Business Central Toolbox. So that sits on top of Business Central, but anything in our Business Central Toolbox uh, be happy to give out 30-day free trials on any of our 20-plus apps that are sold in the marketplace right now. Um, so let me ask you, dude. Um, you know, we mentioned how one of the best one of the best ways to get into this field is to have an accounting background to get a little bit of that that finance under your belt, so that you can also come in with uh, with a little bit of technology, a little bit of accounting finance, and it's a good career to get into. Um, can you talk a little bit about the career? What is that like uh, as far as the pathway? How much schooling do you actually need? And like, what kind of result can we get if we have people go that route? Yeah, definitely. I think the, the easiest route and the most common is kind of just like a four-year undergraduate degree. Um, like I said, accounting, finance, and like MIS or uh, management information systems are typically the most popular majors. And if you have all three combined, um, that just makes you much more marketable. And then in terms of the career progression, it uh, just depends on like how much you're willing to, to put in and work, right? So most people start as um, associates or analysts at you know a big public accounting for firm or a software company, and you kind of just work your way up, right? So there's a ton of things you can learn. You're not going to learn them all in school. Honestly, what you learn in school is going to be like 10% of what you're actually going to be using on the job. It's just the starting point, right, in order to get the job. 
Um, but a lot of it's on the job learning, right? So starting to fine tune and really get into your skill set, whether that be accounts payable, accounts receivable, fixed assets, reporting, automation, like you kind of find your niche in terms of what you want to do. Um, and you know, everybody starts, everybody starts at the same point when they graduate college, which is kind of the, the, uh, even playing field that everybody has. So my only recommendation would be work as much as you can, um, and learn as much as you can, right. In those early years in your early twenties, um, are the best times to learn, uh, in my opinion, and it will start to help you kind of separate from the pack of everybody else who just wants to work, um, you know, your eight to five job, which is fine, but, uh, that won't, won't get you ahead. Right. Yeah, you gotta you gotta have that ambition and that willingness to do something else on the side. Uh, today's today's technology is just like advancing at phenomenal rates. We have AI that's kind of taking over, um, and in your space, especially in this technology space, we're looking for more and more automations to kind of take over. Can you tell me about how you guys are implementing using AI as part of? some of your automations as part of your internal processes and how you guys are set up to kind of take that as it evolves in and of itself. I used to say technology is, is advancing every, you know, five to 10 years. And now it seems like almost overnight things change. Yeah. I like, I really like the way that um, Microsoft brands it. they call it co-pilot, right? So it's not, it's not the driver, right? You're just the co-pilot. So it's not necessarily saying, hey, just take this and run with it and don't look at it. It's saying, let, let me hold your hand as you go through the process and I'll try to give you kind of a leg up as we go, which I really like that mentality, right? Because you should always still be looking at the decisions it's telling you to make or the things it's telling you to do, right? So some of the ways that we use that type of stuff is to analyze customer behavior mainly and, and vendor behavior, right? So on a customer side, those are your most important assets. Those are the people that are paying your bills and bringing money in. So we want to see kind of tracking how happy they are, what their retention rates are, how quickly they're paying us, all different things that can indicate whether that client's going to, you know, sign up again next year or if they might fall off, right? Because we want to retain as much of that revenue from last year going into the into the future because the easiest way to make more money is from your existing customer base. Everybody knows it's much harder to, to acquire new customers than it is to uh, get additional revenue out of your, your current customers. So I think there's a lot of there's a million different things you can do with it, right? I was I was looking at something last night. It's like you can redesign your backyard with AI, right? So like there's no limit to what you can do with it. Um, it's just kind of finding the things that add value to your business. And in our case, those types of things are typically analyzing kind of the behavior of the other people that you're working with in order to predict and, and make better um, decisions there. But yeah, no, I think going back on your last point, I think the the other big benefit is it hopefully it saves us a bunch of time, right? I think that's the biggest thing. You know, one of the things I said earlier is, you know, you got to go above the eight to five to get out of the crowd. And I always joke that, you know, I got out of the eight to five now to work 24 seven running my own company. Right. So it's like, everyone thinks it's so luxurious and all that kind of stuff, but it's like, no, I, I, I dedicate, you know, my life right now to this and it's 24 seven. If somebody pick, if somebody calls me, I'm picking up the phone to talk to them because I want an incredibly happy and successful client base. Cause that's, that's all you're worth. Um, especially in the early years of your startup, you know, is your reputation. So trying to do everything. He ain't lying. No, you're telling, you're telling the truth, man. That's what happens when you get into business for yourself. It just, yeah. it is definitely a whole different animal. And if you're not careful, if you're not implementing the processes and procedures like your, like your company does for businesses, 
then you're going to get trapped in a job that you own rather than a business that you wanted to start in the first place. I think that's the that's the difference between people who remain sole proprietors, which is not a bad thing. If you wanted to get into business, you wanted to run your own thing, you wanted to run your own shit, that's cool. But oftentimes people have a different idea of what business is supposed to be like and then they end up trapped because they're doing all of these things themselves. So you guys are definitely offering a service that could help free up time, you know, free up cash flow that can put to work that you can put to work essentially and make some more money. So you guys are doing some great things before we head out. If people want to reach out to you, they want to talk to you. They want to know more about ER, what ERP has to offer. How can they do that? Yeah, absolutely. They can either uh, go to my LinkedIn page. You can just find me Ben Cole at ERP connect uh, Twitter, uh, Ben Cole on BC. Uh, and then feel free to also reach out to me via email. You can hit me up at Ben at ERP connect consulting.com. Uh, I respond to pretty much any mediums that you can find me on. So definitely connect with me on LinkedIn. Shoot me an email if you have any questions and would highly recommend checking out some of our content to see if it would be of interest to you. Sweet, man. Thank you very much for coming on the show. I got one more question for you. Uh, it's yeah. one of those selfish ones. Uh, we literally are, are in the business of, of doing marketing content for people. Everything from email, text automations, uh, to creating landing pages and funnels. You've gone through the entire process with us from booking a spot to getting the reminder emails to now being on the show and rec recording these uh, the, these content clips through long-form content creation. What was your experience like working with the business bros? Oh, it's been fantastic. Um, you guys have been one of the best and it's uh, always good to, to talk and educate new audiences as well. So I really appreciate everything you're doing. Thank you, my brother. Appreciate it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, one more time, ERP Connection, uh, Connect, ERP Connect Consulting.com, ERP Connect Consulting.com. Say that five times fast. ERP Connect Consulting.com. Go make sure you guys check it out. Get your business as automated as possible. It'll save yourself time, energy, all kinds of efforts to put you in a position where you can really scale your business. Ben, thank you very much for coming on the program today. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to make sure you guys go out and... Uh, Stay. It's over. Go home. Is your business in need of marketing? Try starting a podcast, but not just any podcast. Podcast like a pro. We can show you how to take your business from being invisible to becoming a brand people trust. Go to www.businessbros.biz to get started today.